everyone. Welcome back again for another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. I'm one of your hosts here, Barry3D for Deep Dark Delicious. Hey. And on my side, as always, is my cousin, the one and only DJ Rod C. Hey, that's me over here. Hey, how you doing? Hot damn, DJ Rod C. And, and today we have a special guest with us today. Um, you know, if you see the name and the title, you know what we're talking about. If you're watching it, you see me in green. It's, it's, oh, it's on. We, we have Matt here with us. Matt, first of all, introduce yourself. Tell us where we can find you, Matt. Oh, I don't know. Like the bar set so high here. I got to come in with like, that. Uh, Matt, uh, two percent milk, uh, Marco, uh, just not quite whole, but not quite fat free. So I suppose that that's good enough. I suppose. I, I, we'll accept that. I'm just throwing it out there. So, it, you know, I'm trying new things and that's what's all about these days. <laughs> it's nice right. to be here. Gentlemen, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for accepting the invite, man. We really appreciate it. And uh, before we get started on this whole vision here, and oh, I'm going in hard on this one. Um, you know, oh, yeah, you see me in green. The Fantastic Four book is in the background. It, it's, it's on, Rod. You know I'm not right in the head. So, uh, first of all, round of shout-outs. So we want to shout-out uh, one of our friends, Jimmy English. He does his own podcast, Back to the Balcony. Look for the microphone on the red background. He talks about any movies with guests, and they go look over the good, the bad, the ugly, and have some laughs at it with some tidbits. Um, second of all, we have to support our comic book stores. Without the comic book stores, there's no stories. And two of those that really stand behind this show is Check Swings in Montreal, just off of Tashro Boulevard. Go in there, mm. tell Trevor that you heard about it on the Economist podcast, and we said hi. Or for our friends here in Ontario, do the drive out to Kitchener. I know a little bit of a drive. Oh. But you're going to get go. to WoW Comics with my buddy uh, Wes and Ramon. And in there, you have half a million books, two floors, full of everything. So support the books. That's for sure. Absolutely. Um, one of my friends, too, has dropped his album just lately. And it's called Curfew Flowers. Uh, Wayne Tennant. Look it up. I'm telling you, Vapors is the jam. I'm st standing with it. You might see me do a TikTok with it at one point if I figure out. Talk tick. Got it. <laughs> It is what it is. <laughs> I'm old man with technology. Help me. Get me my teenage daughter. Um, and then, you know, we, we got to reach out to the, uh, my boys who I'm rolling with. Um, you know, you, if you were out in Jarvis, thank you for anyone that came out to Jarvis to see us perform. So that's a touch of gray comedy. That's myself, Barry 3D, with Thomas Patrice, who you've seen on the show, Dave Sokolowski, who you've seen on the show, and Zolf Ali, who one day might be on the show. Uh, that's a touch of gray right now. We are the Canadian version of uh, the blue collar comedy crew. So that's, that's exactly what it is. Get behind us like a Tim Hortons. And I know I'm missing somebody, Rod. Who am I missing? Who? Oh, the one, the only who makes us look so pretty. I didn't forget you. I was just playing with you. Hit it, Rod. Don't do that. Jay Bird. Digital. Digital. Jay Bird Digital Arts. The man who Let's designed the on. logo, our template and all this. It makes us look pretty for you and you're watching. Uh, thank you very much. Jay Bird Digital Arts. Wait to the end of the videos. Um, you know, you see our flow code, scan it, sign it, file on our links, or you can see him uh, down below in the comments. And, you know, you can find everyone on my website at barry3d.com. Rod, mm. remind them where they can find you. Well, you can find me on the international web. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Rod C. Mr. R O D C. As well, you can find me on twitch.tv forward slash DJ. Rod C. Those are the two places you can find me. Have some fun. Come on by. Listen, we're setting this up. We normally release this on a Tuesday, so I normally play, you know, a wonderful set on Twitch on Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Come on through. Do a little shout-out. Just let me know you, you saw this. You, you know, you got the record here from Iconis. 
I'll give you a shout out. You know, we'll have some fun. Listen, this is going to be this is going to be a great day today. As you can see, we got a guest. We, you know what the title is. We're going in. Are you guys ready? Sit back and relax. It's about to go down. Oh, tell them what we're doing, Barry. Tell them what we're doing. Oh my God! Today we are talking. We're bringing it bad. <laughs> Greenwood Envy, <laughs> the man that is overlooked, but he's there everywhere. Rated one of the top villains out of the top hundred villains, he's either number one, two, or three on the list, depending what list you look at. We are talking about the one and only Doctor Victor Von Doom, or Doctor Doom to everyone else. <laughs> That's right. He's got his. He's got his his doctorate. Don't mess with him. <laughs> I was gonna say. I remember when he was just Mister Doom working at like a McDonald's. Um, it was. <laughs> He had some aspirations, I'll tell you what. And like he, he used to put five nuggets in my six piece, and I was like, "Yeah, you're a badass. I get it. You have some. Yeah. You got some bad." His last name is a Doom. What do you expect him to be? Like a veterinarian? No. He had some. Had some definitely some. You know, some world conquering ambitions. So I'm proud of him, frankly. And uh, you know, not only just Doom PhD, but uh, a whole country that he invented and created for himself. So good for him, he's, frankly. He's coming he, up in the world. Know, he came up in the world very well. I'm very proud he's of a go getter. See, kids, kids look at rap music as they're making, right? So there's a lot of kids in the ghetto and they look at rappers like, hey, man, he came from nothing, you know, living in the projects and he worked his way up. And now he's got a big mansion. He's got, you know, three rooms full of shoes and he's got, you know, all these albums and money. Dr. Doom came from gypsies to running the country. <laughs> that started from the bottom. Ups. Here we Yep. I was going to say, uh, frankly, he's he's like the original Drake, just less evil. So that's amazing. Yes. Right? <laughs> Jeff Bezos is trying to take lessons from Dr. Doom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're getting there, for sure. They're absolutely getting there. But I've never seen Dr. Doom with like a, a, a super yacht worth like several billions. So not he yet. He need one. No. That's it. Yeah. He doesn't need one. I think Latveria. Yeah, Latveria is a landlocked country. So I'm pretty sure that they don't need any uh, any yachts. Yeah, <laughs> that's what's always flying out, man. You know, and, and to go back and just to show you how you know when we talk about characters like this, th this is a character that really needs respect. Um, he's been there, you know. And every time you think Doctor Doom, you think Fantastic Four. One goes hand in hand, but he's fought everybody. Doom, Doom, Doom is an equal fighting person. He's an opportunist villain, yeah. Oh yeah, equal opportunist villain. That's what he is. All villains, and he's teamed up with all villains. And then and there was a one team up. Oh, and we'll get, maybe jump back into it. But uh, what I used to like was super villain team up. Where it was Dr. Doom and Namor who would team up. They would backstab each other and then backstab everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was like that. Isn't that, that was like the, how they, the, the show uh, big brother was started. I think was just reading this <laughs> like in survivor. Like they were just like, Oh, I, I got a great idea for a show. Hold on a second. Just checking the source material. Is anyone here like a, like a prince of the ocean? No. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll work on that. Exactly. Exactly. And, and to get into the origins of the character, so uh, Dr. Doom made his first appearance in Fantastic Four issue number five back in 1962. And I know a lot of you are going, what? Mean, mean time goes back that far? Yeah, it goes back that far. I know your source material, as Matt says, as we like to say on the show. So mm -hmm. this is where he, he, he was uh, made. He was created with uh, by Stan Lee, of course, right? Stan the Man Lee and Jack Kirby. So these are two guys who were very influential in creating this character. And when they created the character... They didn't even have a full backstory for the character. His, his backstory only came out a little bit, I think about a year or two years after in the, one of the Fantastic Four annuals, annual number two. So they created a character. He was a bad man. 
and then it's like, oh, we need to give him a backstory. And they did. And, and the backstory worked for me. Uh, I, I like it. So, you know, Matt, what, what, what do you think of Dr. Doom? And what, what's your draw to this character? Well, frankly, first of all, like I, I like what you're talking about, like the backstory of the character where they just you don't find that and flesh that out till later. And which is amazing because you're just you need a bad guy. So you're like, hey, what's like the worst name possible or like something that right. that people know it, there's no ex- explanation needed. If you're not going to dig into the backstory in that issue, you might as well at least sort of advertise that the dude is not really all there and he's not on your side. So you give him a name like Dr. Doom. So not only is he is doom in there, but, you know, he's gone to school. So he's he knows what the hell he's doing. So there's at least that aspect of it. Um, much like, you know, like Dr. Evil. And, and you know, like there's you don't need to know. It, it, and, and it's just it's there. So um, I like this character because my um, my exposure to the character was very much. Uh, I got into comics in the early 2000s, so uh, what seems like yesterday, but in reality, it's like 20-some-odd years now. But I got in, <laughs> and I did a lot of, you know, just reading backwards and getting into characters, and this was somebody right. that I really enjoyed because they're not necessarily – I like those characters that are in, that are kind of uh, – they sort of dance the line between good and evil. You know, like the, the villain that who's um, – who, who can do good things, but whose motive might be okay, but their their execution might be uh, a little bit questionable. So right. the fact that Doctor Doom uh, ran, uh, you know, was the head of state of a, of a country that had no crime, no pollution, was a scientific marvel, uh, you know, leading in science, uh, was a world power, uh, no 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 disease, no famine, no poverty, no nothing. You're like, this guy's a genius. This guy should be a model citizen. But then you have the pesky Avengers or the Fantastic Four that are always up his ass asking him questions. You know, it's like, just leave me alone. Just leave me alone. I've got my thing going on over here. And uh, so that was my first uh, that would really pique my interest to the character because mm-hmm. the, the, the same characters that have that that moral ambiguity. And right. just so happened yesterday, randomly. I was uh, just looking for a movie to watch, and I just put on The Rock with Nick Cage and um, and Sean Connery, right. and Ed Harris's character had a little bit of like a moral, you know, ground to stand on in terms of what they like. He, the reason he does bad things is for good reasons, and I think that that's right. kind of the same with Doctor Doom for a lot of the storylines. And I thought that that was um, very fascinating. And I mean, you go back to the '60s and the '70s, and you know. The storylines were very bland. I don't say bland, but they're very superficial. There's not many layers to them. There's not much politics involved sprinkled in and, and, and social issues that are explored. It's just a good guy versus a bad guy and right. superpowers versus superpowers and how, you know, there's fireworks and then there's a resolution. This is a little bit different with that character. And I thought that it was something that I really wanted to dive into. And at the time that I really got interested in, in it was while I was in university at Concordia University and I was studying political science. And, and that really resonated with me because like this was a political head of state who was a, a supervillain that was doing good things, but that was getting harassed by the international community. So it's, there's no right answer for this character. Right. And it's true. And, and, and then you, and we go back uh, even a little bit further. So if we look at his, his childhood when he's coming up and so forth like that, right? You know, um, he had his parents. And uh, obviously everyone has parents. But his mom was a witch. His dad was royalty, you know, at the time. They were living as gypsies and brought in to, you know, go around from town to town. And then they would try to help people. Um, and, I, and if I'm a little bit off that, you can correct me on that, you know. 
I will, um, I will do my best. No uh, problem. <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys are the pros, man. I'm just here to, to, you know, to plug holes, so to speak. So yeah, exactly. right. watch, watch this guy. Seal a leak. Buy yes. one, get two for free. No. So <laughs> as I said, so he came up and he, and he had his parents that way. Um, you know, and then his, uh, you know, the, his, uh, for some reason, I can't remember. And, and that's where it gets foggy because they always retconned everything. And I hate that. So I'm trying to remember the original story, but I know that his mom sacrificed himself. Like, I mean, the father tried to, I think I'm sure it was a father tried to save somebody because he was also like a healer and it wasn't working and, or he got like pushed out of town and they were chasing his mom. His mom tried to save him. Um, and they're out in the cold. They're in the middle of, you know, and she puts her robe over him and then kind of going with sacrifices herself. Like I said, that one could be a little bit funny, but I know fuzzy, but I know she sacrificed herself and she gave herself her soul over to the devil. Okay. Mephesto, Mephesto in Marvel okay. comics and said, I'll sell my soul to you or give my soul to you. If you let my son rise up and become a monarch, you know, to rule the country, she wanted at least a future. Like every parent wants to have a good future for their kid. You want your child to do better than you. So you would do anything for your child to succeed. And that was her trying to help out. And, you know, he started kind of going around with the, the, the gypsy caravan. He was building machines. He was helping keeping the people there safe from being hunted. He went to that. It was himself that went to go and help somebody. Uh, and while he was kind of on the run, you know, his inventions that he was creating were reaching, you know, murmurs all over the world. And a professor or someone from, you know, Empire State University uh, said, okay, send someone over there. Look for this, this Victor Von Doom. Offer him a scholarship into our university. This guy seems to be a genius. He's someone that should be here, right? And then, of course, travels around the world. He leaves his girlfriend behind, travels over to the world. And he's got, at this time, unbeknownst to most people, he's got this motivation. He wants to go over there, and he wants to bring back his mom's soul. So he starts sounds- learning... I was going to say, sorry, it sounds a lot like how like colleges recruit athletes. Right. <laughs> we heard this. We heard about this guy. Let's offer him a lot of money, bring like tear him away from his family and then not pay him a lot. But uh, we'll, we'll get him over here because he's the best. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Everything he makes for us, we have the patent pending. So he right. gets over there and that's how the story is. And, he, and that's where he runs into uh, Reed Richards, you know, because he was supposed to be rooming with Reed Richards and he saw Reed and he's like, no, I don't want to have uh, him as my roommate. He's an idiot. You know, he didn't like Reed from 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 the get go. He did not like Reed Richards. Yeah, let's right? see, it's LeBron and Carmelo. This is exactly what I'm saying. Like it's the two of them. Like, it's the same thing. I've come on. Hey, continue. I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. Don't <laughs> no, apologize, no, no. man. It's true. And they, and, you know, they butted heads, and and it wasn't so. I mean, he didn't like Reed, but he really didn't like Reed's best friend, which was Ben Grimm, right? So Ben mm-hmm. was in there and Ben would, and the two of them would rub each other the wrong way. And so, you know, and then uh, this brings us to the point where he's building a machine. He's using the uh, resources of the university to help build a machine so he can bring back his mother's soul. His whole motivation is to save his mom, right? Yeah. Forget dad. No, no mother. <laughs> you know, she sacrificed herself for him. So he's trying to rectify that. Communicate with her. Yep. He's made his calculations. Reed comes in there and he goes, Hey, Doom, I think your calculations are off. And Reed's and, and Doom's very arrogant. He's like, What do you mean? Like, no, no, my calculations are perfect. Don't touch anything. I've done what I needed to do. He goes in there, starts the machine, baba bing, baba boom, my face. <laughs> Reed, I'll get you, shaking fist of anger. 
um, and blames Reed Richards for tampering with the machine. And this is what starts the whole rivalry between Reed Richards and, 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 Victor, and Victor, right? Prior to the Fantastic Four even having their powers, you know? And that led to a whole lot of, and we will talk about it, you know, uh, back and forth between the two characters. But the tidbit about this is Dr. Doom's correct, his calculations were correct, right? Right. Reed did detect that was an issue. And his calculations were a little bit off when Reed double-checked it when, when Victor was out the room. But it wasn't Doom's fault. It was Ben Grimm, the thing, before he becomes a thing, says, oh, this guy's a dick. And he put, did the typical jock thing. I'm going to play a joke on him and mess a little bit with his doodads. So when Victor had it all perfect and he walked out the room, Ben came in and moved a couple of things and went, ha, 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 this will teach him and walked out the room. And then Reed came in and said, oh, your calculations are off. And he gave Reed the middle finger saying, you don't know what you're talking about. Boom, my face. So <laughs> this whole thing, as we talked about one of our other episodes where it was Starscream's fault for everything that happens in the Transformers. <laughs> if he didn't, if he listened to Megatron, it would have been a totally different show or no show. If it wasn't for Benjamin, touching something that he shouldn't have touched you would not have the the heated rivalry between mr fantastic and dr doom you can say the same about kevin spacey frankly if he just didn't touch what he's just <laughs> not supposed to touch i mean these are all definitely uh lines of play that we can take here uh but you're i agree i absolutely agree Ooh. not to bring kevin spacey into this no uh, no, but, no 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 <laughs> just stay in your lane just stay in your lane man. i was gonna say stay i don't lane. know I don't know who's on the guest list next week. I just don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> well, we know it ain't Kevin Spacey. Damn, not anymore, at least. No, he's oh, no. Even if you, no, no, we're too old. He's great. <laughs> exactly. So, too old and too I heard there's, Sorry, I heard there's comic books here. There's got to be boys here, too. Yeah. <laughs> Comes from, hello. <laughs> Woo, okay, sorry. Anyways. Uh, oh, go ahead, man. Oh, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to just. You yeah, know, this is a fun uh, free show. So. That's that's what we're here to have, and and I agree with you in that regard. It's the fact that, like, yeah, the calculations were correct, which again is a nice, um, you know, it, it pays. It is a nod to the fact that he he ha- his intentions were good. The execution mm-hmm. was proper. There was just a little bit of jealousy or a little bit of um, uh, malicious intent on other people's part, which then again, right. I'd be pissed the hell off. If I'm trying to recover my mother's soul and some freaking schmuck ass comes in and starts dialing up the different dials and pulleys and levers because I don't know, uh, he gets his though. Let's just be real. He gets his. He turns. Well, that's, that's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And, and that's and that's the beauty of it. Right. But the whole time now, you, you know, right. And, and this goes into the Fantastic Four, the whole thing for the early issues of the Fantastic Four. When they came about and they had their powers, the, the one of the main catalysts is Reed feels guilty about Ben turning into the thing and he doesn't look human. And if you read all a lot of the early issues, it's always Ben Grimm goes into a deep depression, almost every issue. He's always reminding Reed that this is your fault. Why look this way and no one likes me. Um, so he really plays on that guilt card and Reed feels guilty. Reed does his best to save him. Right. Mm-hmm. But. You know, it's like the show there. I watch it all the time right now. My name is Earl. It's all about karma. If you do bad things, bad things happen. Mm-hmm. If Ben didn't touch that device, <laughs> he wouldn't have Dr. Doom thing. trying to kill them all the time. And Victor would have tried to prove that he's smarter than Reed would have cured Ben Grimm. Well, 
that those dichotomies are always fascinating. And another very important one is like Charles Xavier and uh, and Eric Lencher, right? Like yes. Magneto and Professor X. Mm. They're not they're not enemies necessarily. No. They have very conflicting ways uh, or very conflicting ideologies about very important issues. Yeah. And it's much like. Democrat and Republican, this and that, whatever you want to call it, or, or uh, what's going on in Quebec now? The, the CAC are they still are they still around? I, like I don't know I, what the no I don't even know. Everything's just I, been no. either taken over with the, the the war that we might be having, um, yeah. or by the time this podcast is out, might be we might be at war. All right, or the truckers and the truckers yeah. still might be in Ottawa when this is all. So we don't know. Truckers and a non-trucker. Either way, there's this yeah. there's this conflicting ideology, but the fact is that they're both. Uh, very talented individuals who have been uh, burdened with their own griefs and responsibilities. And in um, in Doom's case, it's the recovery of his mother's soul and his mother right. sacrificing themselves for his own prosperity and his and then which gets derailed by Ben Grimm. And then you have uh, Reed Richards, who is basically to a degree responsible for Ben Grimm's, you know, metamorphosis it's into the deal. thing. Uh, first of all, well, they're all picking names. I, I I just feel like Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, the Human Torch, the human and torch. then this Oof. thing. Like, like yeah. it's just, yeah. you know, why don't you just call it like it's there's there was obviously better names, but it just feels like that he's there thinking. About, he's like, what about this? He's like, no, there's no time. We got to go. The, the, the plane's <laughs> going like we got to get to the negative zone by like before they stop serving, you know, happy hours. So like, let's go, buddy. And then it's like, you're the thing. That's all you are. We need to yeah. step. We need something on your passport. So, um, <laughs> well, that's it. Right. It's like comedy, right? You have X amount of time when, when you're doing a comedy show and then some comedian took too long. So that means you got to shorten your set. So it's like, okay, guys, we have, you know, 20 minutes. I need you to think of names and reads are name, 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 name. Okay, I took seven minutes. Mr. Fantastic. And then, you know, Human Torch took another, you know, seven minutes. And it's like, Human Torch. And then, you know, Sue comes in. Invisible woman, I just made it. Woo. How much time do we have left? 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Well, I think that I was going to thing. Let's go. Oh, <laughs> yeah. crap. <laughs> He's just there. He's like, uh, all right, um, uh, I've got a great name. Uh, damn, what do you um, call that thing? Thing in. That's it. Perfect. Thanks. Yes. Thanks, Ben. But 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 but, but that wasn't it. <laughs> he, he's, he's pretty much the essential of like the Charlie Brown cartoon when you go trick or treating. The the uh, Halloween episode is like I got a chocolate bar. I got this. Would you get Charlie Brown? I got a rock. <laughs> <laughs> Doorstop or something. Exactly. I got a. I got yeah. No, that's what that's basically is. And uh, poor guy, but. Um, yeah, like th those dichotomies, those 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 sort of pairings, um, they're not as clear cut as you think because you can really put a lot of thought and analysis into where they're coming from. And uh, as much as um, you know, you have the um, what can I say? Like like the X Men and their issues, and right. and of uh, they were very deep rooted into social social issues, right? Yes, and, yes. And they're so depending on how you view each one. You know, both both Charles Xavier and and Magneto had the right idea, which is you're not to fear us. We're just like you. But Magneto took, takes it a little bit better. He's like, you're not to fear us, but maybe you should because we are the next step of evolution. You know, right. it's just right. he just kind of yeah. He took the extra like Red Bull and Monster before in the morning. <laughs> So he kind of got a little bit too much, you know. So let's and, do this. Yeah, he's like, it's like, like Charles Xavier's like, you know, we're, there's nothing wrong with us. He's like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with us, and we should be able to live and coexist with humans. Yeah, and we should kill them. What? 
No, that's not what I'm saying. And we're better than them. And we're and screw them. And it's just like, Eric, no, no, man, relax. Eric, just like, Eric. Yeah, just shotguns another monster energy drink and just goes and then just floats away. And, you're like, and Charles is like, my legs, man, I can't do that. You know, so it's like, so to you. Yeah, later, bitch. Yeah, he's just gone. Right, exactly. And, and 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 this is what makes the character so interesting. So as you're saying before, I mean, he's got his his merit, and I like that. Okay, he's got the scientific part of it, and you see him suffer. You know, like after the whole my face episode, he takes off. He goes off in the mountains. He's trying to find ways to fix his face, and he ends up almost the same place as Doctor Strange, where Strange was walking around trying to fix fix his shaky hands. You know, it's like, man, cut down on the cocaine, maybe. I'm joking. Uh, you know, <laughs> cut down on the Red Bulls. Um, but he's trying to find that, and he finds those monks, and then he's turned around and says, that's it, I'm, I've had enough. You know, and he makes this armor in a, in, in a cave almost, makes this high-tech scientific armor, puts it on, then he gets his mask. Now, keep in mind, his face is bad. We And it, people always retcon it to how bad it is. Is it just a scar and he's that vein, or is it really, like, burnt, charred? Now, I, I like to think that it was more damage than just a scar, and he was that vain. I like to think that he, he was damaged, but at the same time, he made it worse. Like sometimes when you're in pain, you just want to be add more pain onto you to make it worse where people can really. So he takes this boiling hot mask and slaps it on his face. Even to the guys who say, It's still hot, put it on. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Just saying, uh, yeah, this is. I don't know what the healthcare system is in where you're from, buddy. But like, yeah, this is your HMO better be freaking top notch, <laughs> like guaranteed. If you're gonna just go ahead and you know steam or or just like solder this thing to your face, um, definitely yep. uh, go for it. Right? It's like you know someone's in the background, like, yo, man, can he really do it? World star! So he does this, and then goes back to seek revenge against the fantastic four because in his mind he still thinks it was reed that messed it up and he's like i'm taking you all out uh and done with it his only soft spot is pretty much for sue i think that's the only thing that saves him a lot of time with with namor with doom other people is like what a kick your ass what a kick your ass what a kick your ass but sue's nice you know <laughs> same thing with the silver surfer silver surfer comes up first person that talked to him was the invisible woman, right? But Silver Surfer was beating the crap out of everybody else. So it's like, oh, I'll beat your brother up. I'll beat up your husband or fiance. I'll, I'll beat up this guy here, the thing, bad name. And it's like, oh, you can actually <laughs> talk to me. How are you doing today, Sue? You should stop hitting my family. Okay, I fine. guess. Yeah, all right, fine. Yeah, it's like, all right. You know, they're all sitting there like, we're the powerful, we're the powerful fantastic force. She's kind of shut up. <laughs> yeah. Getting us Let out me, of trouble I, now. Yeah, I got this. Just relax, idiots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go and throw a stake on your eye, like they used to say back in the days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and this character, so Doom's been around, and he's he's just really one like the yin and yang for the Fantastic Four. But what I liked is one, it takes four of them to beat his one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, beat like he's been fairly resilient for the most part. Um, yeah, my my favorite Doom story and. Uh, like I said, I was, so I was in, uh, I graduated in political science, I have a degree in political science, and one of the papers right. that I wrote was actually about Dr. Doom in oh, university, nice. which was fascinating because basically what the, the professor said was, I just want, um, you know, the, the class was about, I think it was just like about political, uh, or, or heads of state that 
and he said, he's like, I just want you to, to, to exercise your, what you've learned and just explore ahead of state and um, anything you want. But so he's like, I'll have office hours. Come here. Tell me what your idea is. I will approve it or, or disprove it. Right. So I go up there and props to this, uh, this professor, because he was very open-minded. And I said, I, I am a big comic book fan. And he said, Oh Lord, where, where are you going with this? And I said, <laughs> I said there is in uh, in the Marvel universe. There's a fictional country called Latveria, and Latveria is ruled by a essentially a dictator and by the name of Victor Von Doom, aka Doctor Doom. Um, however, he though in within standard, you know, he's like, oh, Doctor Doom, that's got to be a bad guy. I'm like, you would think, but that's not what I'm trying to argue here. I said, what I'm trying to argue here is the fact that he is this head of state, and his his country of Latveria has no crime, no poverty. Uh, it is a world leader in scientific achievement. It is a, a world superpower in terms of, you know, war. But it's like there's no crime. There's no poverty. Everybody's fed. There's no disease. Everything, everyone lives in harmony. They harbor a lot of refugees from war-torn countries. They're very welcoming. Yeah. It's just a very heavily police state yeah it's a utopia but it's under that kind of very tyrannical some would say a tyrannical you know despotic sort of overlord look i mean there's doom bots everywhere making sure everyone's singing kumbaya and not you know stealing bread but everyone's fed and everything and i said i want to compare dr doom to all the other quote-unquote enlightened despots which are just basically dictators who are doing good things like they are they are the the one you know, the, the final word on everything, they run the country from their throne or whatever, but for the most part, it's a, they're doing it the right way. So I wrote a paper and gave a, a 45 minute presentation about Dr. Doom. Wow. And I got an A plus on this mofo nice. because even the girls were listening to me and that never happens when I was in university. So that was a freaking <laughs> A plus. I will say. Matt with the win, Matt with the win. <laughs> yeah. Now the 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 writer of that story, the, so the the book uh, or that book is called Emperor Doom, and it came out in like the eighties or something. Right. And the the writer of that story was someone by the name of uh, David Mc, Mc, uh, I think Michelini or Michelini. Um, and I met him at a con a convention, and I brought him a copy of my paper because uh, he was doing a panel, and I. There was a Q&A period, and I, I raised my hand. I said, oh, Mr. So-and-so. I said, I just I, – I, my one of my favorite stories is how you presented Dr. Doom in Emperor Doom and how, despite the fact that his he was running a great country, it doesn't matter because the Avengers and everyone teamed up to still ruin his day, despite yes. the fact that he was doing a good thing. And I said, I wrote a paper about it, comparing him to other things, and he actually – asked me for the paper i didn't offer it to him i just held it up he's like may i have that i said yeah absolutely so i gave it to him and then he he uh ended up autographing a comic book for me and he's like uh he's like um email me because i want to tell you what i think about it and then later on he emailed me he said he's like good work i said sweet so that was that was nice. my little dr nice. doom interaction it was a great great thing and i if i were to recommend anything um i know like comic books these days takes a take a lot of liberties and and they have very ambitious story ambitious right. story arcs this was one I think that at, positioned in the '80s, where you know it, it it it's a more fascinating story arc where maybe there weren't necessarily as many risks being taken with storytelling. But I thought that this is something. It's called Emperor Doom, and I think that every, it, it's definitely worth a, a read from anybody who wants to look at something Doom related. Nice. Okay, so that's a story that stands up with you. So I I, I like that. Uh, so obviously you've read other Doom stories. 
Go, really? I've read I've read other Doom stories. I've seen Doom mostly. Um, Doom for me has always been like you mentioned. He's he's one of the top three baddies. You know, you put him up there with uh, uh, like Norman Osborn can be oh, yeah. a, a, a very central I... figure of the of of, of sort of like a, an antagonist um, within certain you know within the Spider Man sort of arc of things. But they all kind of cross pollinate because you know, Norman Osborn had the Thunderbolts and like, that yep. was a big deal. And uh, Doom was one of those characters that, you know, uh, when he wanted to can really be a, a Thanos slash Ultron slash major threat to, <clears throat> to the yep. universe and, and to earth in general. So that was one that I, uh, you know, the story arcs that I've ever read were usually like the major crossover events where he was kind of involved of either, as a resource of someone that you mm-hmm. sort of lean on as being like, I need help or, you know, he, he was respected. What I liked about him is that he was respected by everybody is people recognized his power, his capabilities and everything. And, and were like, this is someone you don't, you don't mess with, you don't F with Dr. D. No, no, not at all. I mean, I think it's the character still stands up the test of time. I, I want them to stop retconning him, but I would still like to see some, uh, some new stories with doom. Right. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I mean by that is like back Okay, so we, we got the classic ones when he first appears. Okay, it's Doom. He's a full-out bad guy. Then you get a little bit more into his backstory. And there's a couple of storylines that stand out with me. So there's one where he steals the Silver Surfer's power. Like, he makes <laughs> a device. And the Silver Surfer comes, and he and he kind of talks the Silver Surfer into, hey, come by the castle. Because, you know, the Silver Surfer helped the Fantastic Four stop Galactus. Galactus kind of put this energy shield around Earth where silver surfer can never leave everyone else can come and go but silver surfer can never get past orbit you know for someone that's used to going having ultimate freedom to be confined to this one planet it it, it just was too much for him he can never go back to his home planet so doom promised him oh i can get you past that yeah it's like having a it's like having a flight canceled when you're in new jersey it's like oh come on like what i'm right like of all places you know what am i gonna do yeah Exactly. There's Let's a Cinnabon, and like that's basically it. Yeah, White Castle or something like that. That's well, that's it. it. So Doom convinced him to come by the, there, and Doom put him in the device, and he goes, oh, yeah, this is going to help me. He goes, sure. And next thing you know, he siphoned off the Silver <laughs> Surfer's power, right? So he has the power cosmic, calls over the Silver Surfer's board. So you got Doom in his armor on the Silver Surfer's board. He, where he's going? I'm going to pay someone a visit. <laughs> and he takes off Don't from you his picture castle. Him? You picture right him like, to, like New York. Steve Buscemi style, like, hello, fellow kids. He's got, like, the server, silver surfer thing, like, this is the board. He's like, hello, fellow kids. I've got the power cosmic now. <laughs> well, well, I mean, think of it. you got someone with that intelligence, you know, and that much influence and power behind him. And he goes right to the read, and it's like, well, I've got the power cosmic. And it's like, oh, crap, no. <laughs> like, you, you had to make him speak. You could almost see the characters in the comic book ready to break the fourth wall. Like, Reed would turn to you and was like, really? You had to make him that strong? I hope you have an exit plan. <laughs> yeah. It's our book. So that was one storyline that he pulled off once. And he did it again with another character, uh, Tarek's the Terrible, where he kind of steals his power or, or, or vice versa. Um, but it gets involved. So that was one cool storyline with Doom for me. There's one that always stands out because it showed a different aspect of Doom. Doom never forgot about going to get his mom. And, and, and they don't use it enough. Doom knows magic. Not, not just basic magic. Doom is on a level with Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. right? Right. And there's a book. It was drawn by Mike Mangola, a one-shot issue um, where it's Strange and Doctor Doom team up to go and fight Mephisto for Doom's mom's soul, right? So 
yeah, it, like it's with- so it, it blows my mind because keep in mind this guy's a genius, so he knows his magic. But then you know he's watching Strange all the time as Strange is doing his hand gestures and casting certain spells. Now the guy's a genius, so he's memorizing everything that he's doing. He has a recorder in his armor, and he's letting the armor you know do the hand motion, so he's doing the exact same way. And even Doctor Strange caught up and is like, wait a minute. He's mimicking everything I'm doing. Even though it looks kind of mechanical, he's still doing all the hand gestures, right? Because he's learning. Because Strange wouldn't really teach him. But if he's around Strange and you hit record and then your armor just automatically starts imitating everything you're doing, right? he can learn that later on properly after. And the two of them go in there and, and he's casting some like heavy-duty spells that even Strange is like, whoa. You're calling out the bands of Cinderock? What? What? Uh, it's like, hold on. It's like, chill out. Exactly. It's it's like going, it's like, you got to relax here. It's like go to a Bon Jovi concert and they open with Living on a Prayer. It's like, we got to work up to that. Like, just calm down. <laughs> right. What can you go after this? What do you do after that? Yeah, slippery when wet? I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you you got, so Doom is, it, and, and that's why I like to see is that he, when I say he's a well-rounded villain, he's he's a he's a dictator, a leader. Uh, he's a genius. He's got the armor. He's got the resources and the money, and he knows magic. Plus, he's already stolen the power cosmic uh, like twice. Come on, man! <laughs> twice. That's the thing. But the the fact is, is that it's like who's gonna stop him because he's on that level? And people have tried to stop him. People get up in his kitchen all the time, and you're like, and but he's freaking doom. And this is what really bothered me. I don't know if we're going to get into the movies part. No, sure. Go ahead. Let's jump into it. I'm just saying that you're taking a character that it was. I hear you. I get it because Fantastic Four has had multiple versions. Even if you go back to like the the throwaway, hilarious, like never been printed (laughs) versions of like the 90s or whatever. I don't know when those were actually made. Those don't count. Doesn't matter. But everything that was like from 2000s forward, like every attempt at making these movies, like the Chris Evans is human torch versions and whatnot. They just don't give him the same kind of respect. And I get it because you have a, a baddie and uh, it's not necessarily connected to the, the greater MCU that kicked off with Iron Man in like 2008 or whatever. Right, right, so right. Y- you need to give Dr. Doom that kind of respect where Thanos was the overall looming threat that every other movie added a brick to, added a brick to before Thanos essentially kicked the wall down and just yes. said, I'm here. You know, I'm here, but um, I was always under the impression that Doom would be um, reintroduced as kind of that uh, level of, you know, he should be just looming threat. And if I'm sure you guys obviously have seen the the um, the new Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Um, uh, what's it called? Trailer. Yeah, the trailer. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You you see the Illuminati. You see the yep. formation of the Illuminati and their first uh, sort of introduction to the greater MCU. And basically, the fact that the multiverse is now like torn wide open, all all the stops are pulled, and you can do whatever the hell you want. And I think honestly that there could be a version of Doom that is on that panel as more of a good Doom. You know, whereas if you're looking at that trailer, you see. Uh, you could see almost even like a different iteration of Tony Stark with all the his his sort of Ultron bots that are you know leading Strange right. to to be tried in front of the tribunal or whatnot. Yeah, you could have a Doom. You could have a Victor Von Doom who is not necessarily as evil, and maybe it's a Doom that this is what I'm thinking. I think it's a Doom that is not did not get you know 
dicked on by Ben Grimm in college that has <laughs> his face, but used his abilities for good and did rescue his mother, perhaps. So he right. doesn't have a, a, a chip on his shoulder. He's just right. there as part of the Illuminati because of his power level, because of what he's capable of. And maybe that's how you kind of introduce him into it. But something's not right. Something goes wrong. You know, I love mm-hmm. that moral ambiguity when it comes to these movies, because you, when you know who to root for, it becomes less engaging um, because it's like, OK, when it's clear cut, these are the good guys. These are the bad guys. That's what right. I liked about the Civil War, because you didn't know who necessarily who to, tri- who to, to root for. It's nope, like nope. Iron Man versus Captain America. It's like I like both these guys and I, they both mm-hmm. make good arguments. So I, I kind of like that. And I think that if you introduce a doom that is morally ambiguous in that way that has a virtuous side but maybe has you know he's kind of you know slips off the path a little bit that that could really be great i just don't i just hope that they don't toss him away like they would any other one one shot here uh villain yeah no and i I, he he can't be sorry go ahead rod no no i'm saying like listen matt you're saying some great points because to me doom is the way i look at it they clearly know that the 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 level, the power level, the intellect level of Doom, you bring him in versus, not versus, but bring him into a Fantastic Four movie from the beginning, like they did. They couldn't give him the same the same uh, power level because you can, you'll know everybody would be rooting for him versus the four. Yeah. That's how I look at it. Like, no, no. so if, if, they were to, if they were to bring in Victor as we know he should be coming in. Well, he would squash them. Easily. Easily. So, so that's why they had to make that victory to be very like, you know, we'll have the arrogance, we'll have everything like that, but we're going to have to pull down a couple of levels, you know, roll the, the D&D dice and just saying, you got a level four. Ooh, yeah, that's good for you. You can't have an eight or nine like you should have. No, 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 because cause you'll, you'll mess everybody up. <laughs> didn't, didn't, he, didn't he lose to like a fire hydrant or something? Like, this, is, yeah. this is what I'm saying. Like, like come on. Like, really? Iron Man can need... fly through. Yeah. Whatever, and Doom loses to a fire hydrant in the movie. House, <laughs> and he throws electricity because they had to give him an elemental power. I mean, that bugged me. And oh, my yeah. skin's turning to metal every time I use my power. It's like you, you, you don't have powers. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I honestly believe that if they wanted to do him justice, it would have to be in the greater MCU because you would need the complete cooperation, yeah. as you saw in in um, Infinity War slash Endgame, of this massive realization right. that this is a threat and this yes. is something that we need to address so if they the thing about it is that thanos and i know that there's a lot of people who are like oh thanos did nothing wrong like in all those subreddits and stuff like that where it's like you know yeah. he had the right idea like he was trying to heal the world and like he once he accomplished his goal he he got rid of his powers of the of the infinity gauntlet and he destroyed them and he went off and lived a wonderful life like a, as a farmer, you know, like, or whatever the hell he was doing. <laughs> he was growing weed somewhere. Who knows? Like, right. I don't know. <laughs> he like, mellowed out. Yeah. So, and then he got his, he got his ass kicked. Like, and then they, but the thing is, is that if you, if you have somebody who is uh, a little bit more, not, not necessarily just uh, black and white in terms of good and bad. If you mm-hmm. have somebody who can just kind of really push the buttons you don't know if he's a villain or an an ally somebody who might come into the fray as helping the cause but doing so you know perhaps for his own benefit you don't know if it's good or bad they need him but they can't but they can't agree with what he's doing like you need you need the entire avenger squad to take him down it has to be that way 
Absolutely. Oh, I mean, look, to show you some of his, his, his story arcs or accomplishments that he's done, okay? So first of all, he's shown up. He was the first person to invent a time machine in the Marvel Universe. First person. Pretty Rangan, good. And like a, a, so many have done that by now. It, I mean, I, I have one. I just don't use it. Like it's. You know, yeah, because, you know, playing with time sometimes is dangerous. You don't want to see yourself, a, a paradox, whatever. You know, I've seen Time Cop. I've seen, you know, Back to the Future. I hear you, man. Um, <laughs> I, I, tr- I tried time traveling one time, but um, the color of my skin told me I can only go back so far. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, um, no, no. We stop at the 90s, my man. It's all good. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's when music was music, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, I, I want to go back where I can watch like Fresh Prince, like when it was just coming out. That's when I want to go back. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Take me back then. I'm good. You know, shoulder pads, Jerry curl. I had a, I had hair and it was glorious. Um, <laughs> so he's the first person that invented a time machine in the Marvel universe it, within the comic books. If you go with the original run, right? And time machines didn't exist. Reed didn't invent the time machine. Victor invented that time machine, and it they used to you know do uh, whatever. He turned around at one point. And he went to New York in a plane. He put a device inside the Baxter building and caused the whole building to rise up. And then he was taking the whole thing into outer space. It's like, well, you know what? Instead of fighting my enemies one-on-one, I'm just going to take the whole building they're in with their public address and throw it into space and have it on a collision course to the sun. You know, that, that was it. That, you know, for him, he called it a Tuesday, right? Yeah. It, was, it was just yeah. a second thought. It's like, yeah, I wonder what Reed's up to. I hate Reed. Let me go to my plane. And that was it, <laughs> you know, because he just wanted to get rid of them. And then, you know, um, that storyline got stopped. So, I mean, of course, stealing the, the power cosmic, uh, another great storyline with right. Doom, you know, the Doctor Strange one, as I mentioned. Uh, so there's so much to draw on. There, there was even one where I, I think it was like a time variant and he had a different armor. So he had to, he had to sacrifice what he loved the most, which was his, um, his girlfriend at the time. He sacrificed her to get this mystic armor. So it was a kind of a leathery armor. It was kind of a weird tale. Like, I don't think Doom would do something like that. You know, it seemed out of character for me. So he's got this new look. Uh, he goes, saves his mom. Something happens where everyone thinks Reed is dead. So he ends up marrying Sue Richards. Like, he marries the Invisible Woman. That and, is the ultimate revenge. Right, you know? It's like, well, I want to love her better than you loved her. And he, <laughs> yeah. he marries her. And, you know, and then, uh, and I think this timeline, they had, a, they had a kid, which was Valerie, right? So you have Ben, not Benjamin. Um, oh, my God. I'm forgetting their, their kid's name right now. Uh, Franklin. Oh, the, uh, Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. Franklin. So you have Franklin, but now it, it kind of rearranged that Franklin was still there. But then Valerie was the, 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 the child of Doom and the Invisible Woman. And she had his genius. Right. I'm like, oh, oh, oh. And then, of course, Reed comes back. Time machine undoes everything. Ha ha. Everything's back to normal. But, dude, <laughs> you there, lost your wife. There was, I think, a, uh, I believe, in like the 90s Spider-Man ca- uh, cartoons. Wasn't there one where they did kind of like a Secret Wars arc yes. where they all got plucked somewhere? And I remember because they, they also took Doom and threw him in there. And there was this one part right. where it's like, I think it was like... um Spider-Man fought, like recruits basically a team of people. He gets like Storm, he gets like Hulk, he gets Iron Man, whatever. And um, Doom figures out a way to find like to like defeat all the other villains, I think, and take all their, their powers. Either way, he's like super powerful, and he could read their minds. So they're all walking towards like to go and confront him. And I think it was like Hulk or someone or or the thing. And he's like, "What's to stop him to just like drop a mountain on us?" And then he drops a mountain on them. <laughs> like he just. Pulls it up and just, he's like, it's a good idea. 
You know, like <laughs> let's do simpler, it. Simpler is better. So he just dunks a of a whole mountain on top of them. So that's see, that's what you got to appreciate about him too. It doesn't have to be complicated. Nope. Sometimes. <laughs> It's like in wrestling when they say there's no like there no rules, no disqualification. Just go in with a gun. You can't lose. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Stop going in with like a trash can or like a, a kindo stick or something else or like a I don't drive know, like the a, beer you... truck right through the ring when the person's in it. What exactly? Go in with a brick of C four and just win. Like it says, no disqualification. Well, you're already beating on the guy. So like Doom Doom's the same way. Doom walks in and they're like. And like guaranteed dooms there, and he's like, oh, I gotta rearrange time and like re reweave the cosmos so that this guy never existed, and that's how I beat him. And then you drop a mountain on us, and he's like, drop a mountain on us. That costs so much less. Like it's no problem. <laughs> less I, resources. The, the mountain's already there. Who cares? It's there. Right? It's there. I mean, it's the same place. I, and I know what you're talking about because I know they did talk touch it on the Spider-Man cartoon, but that was actually based off the storyline of Secret Wars. Mm-hmm. Right in, in that issue where you know Doom goes there with the Beyonder, he makes Battle World, uh, everyone's there, and at one point we got to fight Doom, and it's like and the whole thing of dropping mountain on, bing, mountain yeah. there, and then everyone gets pissed at the Hulk because the Hulk is the only person holding up this mountain, right? <laughs> and and then uh, I can't remember, I think it was Mister Fantastic that was there or someone. They just kept pissing him off. They're yeah. like, "What are you, a weakling? This is not." He's like, "When I get this mountain off my shoulders, I'm gonna crush you." It's like, "Oh, you're gonna get it off," and they're taunting him constantly because no one else is thinking except for you know i think it was reed it's like well we know the matter we get the hulk the stronger he gets and this gives us a better chance to survive this whole thing <laughs> he's got a mountain like something mount everest and he's holding it up by himself and they're taunting him get a matter to survive but doom sitting there like yeah okay so i took the power cosmic twice what's to stop me from doing it from to the beyonder right <laughs> and doom comes up with this whole contraption to steal the Beyonder's power, which he does, like you know, it's it's like, I, I, you know what it's like? It's like it's like Dana White putting two like heavyweights in the ring, and one of the heavyweights like screw this, he goes beats the crap out of Dana White and becomes the CEO of the UFC. <laughs> like that's basically what we've seen here. Like that's what it is. Dana's like, we'll get yeah. the best fighters. I'm gonna make them fight in the octagon. And who the hell is this in my office? And why am I dead? Like that's. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what happened? Doom had does oh. everything right, and he's not above stupid ideas that work. If it's simple, and that's and like I just bet, like when you're talking about like the, the Hulk getting like angrier and angrier, because I just I honestly just picture like Iron Man is like just showing him like oh yeah, it's like here's like some Snapchats from your girlfriend, and he's like ah, <laughs> like, yeah. he's like hey uh, hey Hulk, you know Betty Betty's pretty flexible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see it's like, ah! but that's the beauty of doom that gets lost in film in, in, in when they're making this character and i agree with you you can't have doom in a as a one-time villain if you're going to do and i've talked about this with rod if you're going to do a fantastic four movie right live action let, let's just call it out as it is if you're doing something live action first of all as i told rod or i was telling one of my other friends too you you got to do it as a three-part it's got to be a trilogy. The Fantastic Minimum. Four has too much history that it's right. got to be done as a trilogy. And in the trilogy, in my mind, you cannot bring Doom in one. No. Do a little quick flashback, 10 minutes, talk about their origin. Let's get right into it. For me, if I had it, I would do Fantastic Four, first movie on Mole Man. Let, let Mole Man be the main villain, you know, 
go through all that. Uh, at the end, of course, the heroes will have to win. But then do a, a post-credit scene where you see someone sitting there in armor going, ah, I gave him the technology and he still couldn't bring them down. Mm. Right? And let that be the appearance of Doom. Okay. Uh, right. Second movie comes in and, and let it be, okay, Silver Surfer. I, I know we're not going to have time to do all these storylines, but let the Silver Surfer show up and let Doom steal his power. Right? And, and go through the whole thing of dealing with the Fantastic Four, or, you know, um, or did I have it that way? I, I know there was like one part where you have to bring in Silver Surfer, let him steal his power, you know, and and let, and then bring in Galactus. And that's what I mean by the three-parter there, right? So, you know, even if you do that last movie, it's two parts, but the last movie would have to be Doom, you know, you know, showing up, dealing with the Fantastic Four, getting the power cosmic, fighting against galactus and then realizing it's like yeah as bad as i want to get rid of the fantastic four and read i'm gonna have to team up with them yeah. to help them because if you eat the whole it's planet um, i have no plan to rule i have no plan right exactly right listen, and that, to me, that to me, would be a nice crossover little thing but something along those lines right but don't put them in the first movie let them deal with uh you know uh as i said mole man first let them have their second movie in the negative zone and then, you know, third movie, put it as a two-parter because it's something like that has to be big for Dr. Doom to come in. You just can't do one and done because that would be a waste, stupid. It would be, it'd be a throwaway of such a great character. You want to see like how he was in Black Panther. Black Panther, you saw that he was built up. You saw that he was a leader. You saw the armor. So by the time we got the Black Panther movie, we already had all these little tidbits from here and there of the character and what to expect. You got to drop little Easter eggs of doom and let him show he's doing something, but you don't know what till it kind of blows up to the big picture of like, I've got the power of cosmic. Oh <laughs> crap. He's going to eat the whole planet. Okay. You know what? I'm going to help you fools, but understand something. <laughs> We're not done. <laughs> Listen, for me, doom, yeah. doom has always been that type of person, the man on the throne. He, he just yeah. basically, he's, he's, he's a strategist from the throne. When he has to get up is when everybody needs to fear him. It's bad enough when he's controlling stuff from where he is. He's in, his, he's in Lividia and he's just by himself. Not by himself, but he's controlling things. He has the ability, you know, to connect and talk to, to Tony Stark if need be. Talk right. to Reed, whatever. And just control the dynamics of whatever he's doing, his plans from his throne room. And like you said, that'll be a perfect way. He's, I like, I gave Mole Man this, this, the, the, the technology, and he still figured a way how to figure it out. Ugh, yeah. Fine. Now he's already calculating what else he has to do. To me, Doom has always been that type of person who is, he wants the power. He's, so, right. He's a, he's a, he's a, he's a scientist. You know, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a king, basically like an emperor of his country, and he does whatever he can to make sure his country is well taken care of. He wants power. But it's always a power that, to me, he, I always took it that the power that he wants is maybe for himself. He's not in the mindset of global domination. No, no, because you know he what could. I mean? That's why he's, he's content yeah. with Gladveria. He's like, this is, so he's like, this is where That's I am. Exactly this it. is what I want. Like everyone else, F off. Like I don't, leave I, me alone. I, I made right. my playground. I built right. my fences. Get the hell out right. of here. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, so. With him having that type of power, like, yeah. So if he wants more power, I realize I need more wisdom. I need more, I need more power within me to be the best, the ultimate, the supreme doom. So that's why he'll want to get the power cosmic. That's why he'll try to get power from Galactus and realize, okay, that's too much for me. Uh, the Beyonder, he's always just trying to improve himself. If you want to look at it that way, he's always the type of person trying to improve himself to be the best doom that he can be. 
but he knows that with that knowledge, he can, with the snap, I could drop my mountain on you. That's not <laughs> a bad idea. Bam! And that's it. He has, he has that foresight. So he's never, I, that's why it's, he's not, he's a villain, but he's, 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 he's a, a is he? <laughs> it's, it's, it's maybe on the, on the title card, but he doesn't, he doesn't try to be the villain type of person. That, that's the part I want to, I'm trying to get to is that he may have yeah. on a scorecard, he may be a villain. Right. You know, you're on this side. Of, if you're coming into a wedding, are you on the bride side of the bride or the groom? Like, you know, are you the hero side or the villain side? I guess I'll go to the villain side. But I'm just here just because of, just yeah. because of my calling card. That's it. I know they have to put him in boxes, but he's he's really, to me, he's not a villain. He's he's just more, he's, he just doesn't like somebody. You know, sometimes, like, look, Maggie Simpson from The from, from the Simpsons has that one kid she doesn't like with that one unibrow. One eyebrow that, with yes. that unibrow, yeah. <laughs> that, that's her enemy. That, that, she, she, right. No rhyme or reason, she just doesn't like that baby, right? Um, you know, Seinfeld, every time, Newman, right? He just can't stand Newman for whatever reason. So, so to Doom, he'd be like, probably in a good mood, hey, everyone's good, and throwing flowers at my feet, and there's no crime, there's no one's Wait. sick, no one's hungry. Read. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> You know, there's a poster like, hey, I, I, I got a picture of Reed Richards. Lock this kid up in the box. I was like, what? It's like, <laughs> Do yeah, that's, that's the person <laughs> that sticks it to him. Like, he's he's good with his face and all that. He, he's he got a clone of himself as a little kid called Kristoff that he's raising as his own son. right? And, he, and he's trying to live his life. But you're right. The Avengers show up saying, well, you can't live that way. People should be free. But nobody's sick. We don't need healthcare. We're good. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Do you? I'm gonna do me. And then they mm-hmm. invade. And then Shield invades. And the Fantastic Four says, "No, no, you're doing wrong. We're gonna invade." I, 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 you know, I would think two things. One, he doesn't like Reed. We know that. That's been always been established from day one. But the day he finds out that Ben Grimm was the one that tinkered with his devi- devices, oh, mm-hmm. Reed should fall to second on his list, and it should be all about Benjamin Grimm and making his life miserable. You know, you know what Latveria is. Latveria is what is what um, what Kim Jong Un tells people North Korea's like, but it's actually like that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like you, you know, you get it. Like you're there. Like, like literally, he's like uh, all the stories you hear about uh, about like Kim like Kim Jong Il back in the day yeah. was like he he shot like a, a 38 in golf, and he like he's was b- like born on a mountaintop on a cloud somewhere, and he could do this, and he could do that, and he could walk on water, and he's like the world's greatest you know i don't know like painter and this and that and like everyone's happy and everyone's fed and we're a superpower except everyone knows it's bull when it comes to actual north korea but in latveria that's actually true it's just amazing it's like it's north korea just is like reading is reading dr doom comic books and said let's just tell people this let's tell them this because this is really cool but it's like but that's not that's not the case and then kim jong-un's like doom bot let's go out of here thanks (laughs) get out of here Frankly, and to be fair, have you seen the amount of medals that all those military people in North Korea wear? It's like they're Doombots because they're like pretty much <laughs> covered in metal armor. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That, oh. oh my god, that is awesome. Hold on. Have I told you that I really like being on this podcast? Because <laughs> <laughs> this is what it is, man. This is what it is, man. Because when I'm in the elevator in my apartment and I'm saying this, people are like, get me the hell out of here. So <laughs> on here, it makes sense. Yes. <laughs> On Thank here. You. So we're going to bring this part, you know, we're going to get close to wrapping it up. I, I know um, we thought we'd go a little bit longer, but and here it is. We're not done yet. We're, we're, we're going to be a little bit longer episode. So everyone just hold on with us. We are going to get into fan casting this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. So 
here, here, let's do a round table. I know if I had to, if I wanted to see Doom in, in, in uh, the MCU live action treatment or whatever case would be, I'm going to pull up an actor. I'm going to give you the name of who I, I saw here. I got to find it because, you know, I, I saved it. And of course, now, does Barry remember where he saved it? No. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm going with, uh, and it might be a weird choice. So it, bear with me. Um, Scoot McKinney. Scoot McKinney. Uh, yeah. Hold on. Let me Google. C-O-O-T. And the last name is Amazon Mary C. Amazon Nancy A-I-R-Y. Uh, say that again. So Scoot yeah. McNary. Yeah. M-C-N-A-I-R-O. Hold on a second. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was in the movie. He was uh, in Narcos. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. I got him front row center here. Yeah, that's not bad. That is definitely not bad. Uh, okay, all right. Right, and and I'll tell you why. I, I like, you know, first of all, his look. I mean, when I say his look, his, his face, his look, he's got the, the the seriousness that he's got more on internally than he has on the surface. He does portray <clears throat> that, that he seems to be always thinking. He's always got something there. He's got the build. I know he might look a little bit thin, but keep in mind, Dr. Doom is in armor. So a lot of the, you don't have to look like you can lift 10 tons. You're in armor. The armor will do it for you. So he does come across as a thinker, a scientist, but could seem that he has like a dark side to him. And he can go either way. And I think with the range of some of the projects he's done before, he could pull off a decent Dr. Doom to me. Um, I like it. I definitely, definitely like it. Um, I, like, he's got the look. He's got the age bracket, too. He's not too young. I don't think he's too old. Like, right. when I was sort of theory crafting all this stuff in my head, there was some that I was like, you know, if if, they, if this was like 10 or 15 years ago, it would have worked. Yes, but, yes. Yeah. I know. That's a, that's a solid choice. Absolutely a solid choice. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Before we get to yours, Matt, I want to see, Rod, What who do you have? Who do you have on your... So... I was I was going with um and I actually believe we we've, we've cast this guy with something else and I can't remember right. at this point who it was but I'm going with Army Hammer. Oh. Ooh. Oh, yes, okay. yes, yes. Army Hammer. So oh. why I'm going with him like you know yeah he's 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 done he's done you know anybody anything anybody will remember would be like the Long Ranger but if anybody also remember the man from Uncle. Yes. And because of that it's because of his portraying there that he was just Calculating, calculating, Calcul- very calculating. He he just had the he had that deep emotion that you know that like I could be a very hard, rough type of individual. You know, you rub you you rub him a wrong way in that show in that movie. Chances are you're not gonna come out with you're not gonna come out with your face straight. He's gonna take you out and feel no way. That's that's how I feel Doom could be. Um, also, I like I I wanted to go also with the fact like you were saying about you know is Doom's face fully scarred underneath his face is it one piece of scar or if it's all really you know yeah disfigured army does have a nice he's a very handsome gentleman mm-hmm. he can also be able to to show off that type of you know uh what's the proper way of saying i'd say the vein being vain in the sense yes, like right. i have that little mark that's it my face is gone that's it i can't work nowhere i need a mask doom box i can't be seen stop looking at me type of scenario right okay okay so i, I can i can i just wanted to have a, a person who's you know who's very handsome, but you know if you had him scarred up for half a second, 
that it'd be more of like, okay, that's really a mental thing on you that you realizing that's just, just a, a little, that's just, a, you just shave yourself. You just cut yourself shaving that morning and that's it. <laughs> and, and your face is done. You're like saying, oh, that's it. My life is over. Reed, it's all your faults. Dang it, you. Dang it to you, Reed. And I called my name. I jumped. I cut myself with a razor. Yeah. I want revenge. <laughs> I, 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 it's the it's the Mach 3. It should be the Mach 5. And now I just, I nicked myself and like, God dang it. Damn it, Reed. Well, <laughs> going to university, I couldn't afford a Mach 5. I wouldn't come up afford a Rock 3. You came out the door and shook me up. Dang it. It's your fault. Yeah. Seriously. Please, stop telling Sue to use my razor. Imagine that the the entire thing could have been just uh, completely uh, if, if Gillette Avoided. offered him a I offered him a proglide like it would have been a completely different story but no 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 that did not happen exactly exactly so now who do you have rattling around in your dome there Matt who do you who do you have there well there's a few and the the worst part about it is that a lot of them have already been used in in various capacities as characters in various Marvel. like the first one that popped up in my mind was mm-hmm. uh the the gentleman who was in the hawkeye series who played um uh who played kate bishop's like stepdad uh okay to- oh, tony Dalton, but he's yeah but he's already a character he was he's in um i think he's in better call saul as like a, a crime lord and right he doesn't have many acting credits but i think that he can pull off the the elegance that is necessary to play Doom. But the, the, in my mind, the, the perfect in, in my mind is Nikolai Casto Waldorf. I think it's, or what's his name? Nikolai. He's the guy who played Jamie Lannister in game of Thrones. Oh, okay. He has, he already has the, the under his belt, like the elegance of being a, a, a Royal, so to speak of being an elite. He has the, the moral ambiguity of that kind of character, put down already because he played Jamie Lannister who went and sort of played both sides and you didn't know if you could trust him or not and he showed the kindness mm-hmm. and he showed the compassion but at the end of the day it was selfish it was it was it was his own selfish ambitions that that drove him right he yes. couldn't escape um the the things that were essentially driving him as disgusting as they may have been I think that he also is in the right age range. He has the the look, and like you said, um, Rod, when you're talking about like the fact that you got the cut, and how vain are you? That it, that is that is not just that one imperfection means that I cannot show my face. Which, by the way, was a storyline in the WWE in the '90s with Kane when they yes. did unmask him, and he his face wasn't all scarred, and he just thought it was, so he hit his face. So that's already so. Once Good again, call out. once again, Vince McMahon has uh, saved the day. Um, <laughs> so. Um, what's his name? Uh, I'm going to get his exact name. Nikolai uh, Coster-Waldo. That is my choice. And if you look at the pictures of Nikolai, um, tell me that isn't a Dr. Doom waiting to happen. He's in his 40s. He can, he could play it so damn well, I think. And, and he's got it down pat. Absolutely. I agree. I like that. I like that choice. That, that really does stand out. Good on you, man. And I mean, spec no less. So as we get near to the end of this episode, people, let me tell you something. We've learned huh. a couple of things. We learned about Dr. Doom. Thank you, Matt, for being on here. We learned how sure. Latvia has been run. And I realized that I got a little bit of a scar on my face. So there's only one thing left for me to do oh, is to hide my Here's face you. in my own <laughs> makeshift Dr. Doom mask. Don't judge me on this. 
See, man, I can't take this guy nowhere. Down on the iconic I know. podcast. I, can't take this I was going to yes, say. I know you're shaking your heads. You're wondering what left of this. Uh, well, it's episode of Doctor Doom. It looks I like a, it looks like this. These simple words. Well, first of all, thank you for tuning in, everybody. Matt, thank you for joining us. DJ Rod C. Yes, thank sir. You for being my cousin and being there, being my friend. No, no problem. No problem. Barry 3D. This whole world was started by a pencil, a piece of paper, and lots of imagination. Keep <laughs> on dreaming. A lot of imagination. Wow. You, you see that. You see that I right see. there. This turned into a Daft Punk podcast. Look at all. <laughs>